the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Welcome to the Hal Sparks Pod Bay. Way better than the computer. Everything is going extremely well. That man's a national treasure. There is no question about it. Follow Hal on Twitter at HalSparks or on Feed.com. P-H-E-D. Hot day. Exclusively for WCPT AM and FM in Chicago and streaming worldwide at Chicago's Progressive Talk.com. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Go do the vibes. So, uh, officially, I've only been in Illinois for about. 45 minutes and the contact buzz is overwhelming uh <laughs> from is, the medical marijuana it, yes yeah. all it took was just that one signature and whoo why well, uh can't go anywhere look at the slippery slope that occurred i got my prescription because i have the uh i got the night terrors oh and um you wake up afraid you won't have enough pot <laughs> yeah yeah and um <laughs> <laughs> and um Sometimes I get blisters when you I prescribe run. something for my fear of not being prescribed something. <laughs> <Enough fun. laughs> uh, I'm actually, you know, in all fairness, I am excited about the idea. I think it's a healthy move forward. I think it's certainly ridiculous uh, of people to be re-victimized um, simply because of their choice of treatment doesn't include something, you know, uh, like, I don't know, an untested pharmaceutical that's being shoved down their throat right. as a way of just... You know, especially when people are fighting things like cancer and they're fighting, you know, using things like, you know, that are brutal to the body like chemo, losing their appetite and their inability with it to fight off uh, the effects of chemo and and survive. Um, I think it's a I think it's a healthy move. I think it's about time and it's a good start. I doubt, you know, uh, Illinois is going to be on some sort of slippery slope to, uh, you know, free pot handed in, you know, in vending machines uh, at every L stop. Uh, <laughs> a felican dream. <laughs> See, I don't, yeah, I've never, you know me, I've never, I'm not a user. I've never yeah. done it. I just think. I can't it, do anything anymore. Right. Everything's a slippery slope once you've, uh, you know, admitted that <laughs> you're powerless. I understand that. Yeah. I, 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 I. Again, I, 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 I applaud your uh, ability to know your limits and work uh, to avoid, yeah, getting stuck with them. Um, I, I will always argue, though, for the strength of the human spirit. I Absolutely. Never, I do not believe in the powerlessness concept. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I think ultimately a lot of people um, actually, even when they claim, you know, it, they use you know, that I'm powerless against this thing. It's actually their own personal power and choice that does make it happen, regardless of whatever they're, you know, either they're, it's faith-based or some sort of ideology, ideological system or, or medical system that they use to do it. Ultimately, it still boils down to your own brain chemistry and your own choice not to do something mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And that in and of itself speaks volumes about the value of somebody's ability to handle those kind of things. And I think that works towards what would strike me, interestingly enough, is uh, against the sort of conservative argument against uh, le- 
marijuana legalization or especially mar medical marijuana legalization. This there seems to be this libertarian flair, you know, but for the Rand and Rons of the world mm -hmm. who believe that, you know, you know, heroin should be in vending machines uh, at a market price. It is one of my favorite Rand Paul, Rand Paul? Ron Paul quotes. Yeah. If it weren't for, the, for these laws... Yeah, I gotta have these laws. Or yeah. I'll take heroin. Yeah, exactly. That's what else, that's what's doing it. You yeah. know, uh, I again, I actually am. I fall into the the category of people like if you do it inside the confines of your own home or a safe environment, and you're not operating a motor vehicle or whatever, yeah. I kind of don't have a problem with it. I don't do it myself. People drink all the time. People drink and drive all mm -hmm. the time. People drink in bars or at home or at parties and don't harm anyone else during that process. At least directly, they may, may create emotional or familial problems, but that's their business mm -hmm. and something they have to work on. Um, I myself don't have an issue with them being doing that, knowing that the possibility of someone driving drunk exists as part of that freedom. As, as a natural extension of that. And I think, ironically enough, pot, which no one's ever overdosed on, that, you know, the, the argument against it being, a you know, a slippery slope drug, for example, right. is way weaker than alcohol um, or even cigarettes. So uh, I, I at, at a certain point, this is a stepping stone to, like, just kind of personal responsibility legislation. But the very fact that people who are on chemotherapy can now smoke pot if it makes them eat... Right. You know, or relieves their pain seems a simple enough concept and I, and I think a good move forward. I'm willing to be disagreed with, but I doubt I'm going to find anybody calling into this show and go, this is what you watch. Right. Ten years from now, there's <laughs> going to be kid, kids are going to be men. The Obamacare's got a clause in it that forces children to smoke pot before gym. Until they die. Right. It's part, part of the death panel. It's pot and, and helmets. That's what the Obamacare is all about. Make everybody wear a helmet and yeah. smoke pot so you slow down and don't hurt yourself because we're a nanny state. Um, which brings me to uh, my drive-in. Okay, so I'm performing in Grand Rapids uh, at Dr. Grin's on the Bob. Dr. Grin's uh, really fun club. I'm laughing already. It's Yeah, it's hilarious. It's in a place called The Bob, and The Bob is a three-story building with a series of bars and restaurants in it because apparently somebody thought, uh, like, walked into a bar, nightclub, where tequila shots are being thrown around. People are, you know, making increasingly bad decisions as they get increasingly drunk over the course of the evening and looked at it and went, you know what this place needs? Stairs and lots of them. We need <laughs> lots of stairs in this place. And so I made a joke to that effect, you know, seeing the place. And uh, after the show, somebody comes up and goes, three people died here this year falling down the stairs in this place. They, they fell down the stairs. Drinking in this place, fell down the steps and died. Three this year. two, Or it was like two this year and one in December. But in the last like nine months or ten months, they, yeah, three people have died at this place. The, the place needs a ramp. So they can, kind of <laughs> so they can roll down. Yeah, exactly. I think it needs a slide. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like shoots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like shoots and ladders. Right, you can exactly. take your choice. I think I can handle a ladder. No, you can't. You're right trap in the shoot, doors Bob. The bartender can right. like do a trap door. Right. You blow in a pipe and it opens the right doorway <laughs> and you get stairs or yeah. a chute depending. Uh, what are the stairs made of? Are they like spikes, booby trap, Indiana Jones no, stairs? No, th they are wide. Um, so there's not. You can't hit both rails at oh, once. Oh, like a house of blues. It's yeah. like a little too wide. Yeah. Okay. Um, they are uh, relatively shallow, I suppose, mm. which maybe creates an extra step reflex. Um, so 
but the rule, the, I mean, ultimately, this happens all the time. I mean, this as much as you know, these three people have died. That place was shut down, I think, for a month after the two people had died. They were in close proximity to each other, but. They didn't shut the – they reopened. It's still in operation. And nobody is suggesting a prohibition on alcohol simply because – I mean, these weren't people who drove a car and died. Mm-hmm. These people were fell down steps drunk and died. Mm-hmm. And no one is suggesting a prohibition on alcohol based on that and certainly not on the the behavior that leads – that alcohol leads to that you can – point with statistical regularity to and and say it's dangerous to your life and your relationships and your job and in a, at a statistically high enough level that it should be illegal. Nobody's ever going to suggest that again. So when they use the argument for pot, it seems a little weird. Mm-hmm. It just seems uh, childish and angry. And my thing is, like, as a non-user, punishing and jailing potheads is a waste of dollars. If you want to you want to be fiscally conservative, Big time. If you want to really make the case that you're conservative and you're for limited government and you're for uh, the responsible use of tax dollars. Yeah, quit firing and, cops. Right, quit firing cops and quit jailing nonviolent drug offenders. Right. Um, who may just need treatment or may just have been none of your business. Right. Like they weren't driving at all. They were in their home that you just decided to raid at a particular mm-hmm. point because somebody looked through their window and went, they're smoking pot over there. The music is too loud. And they stampede in and four people go to jail at the cost to the legal system of thirty to $50,000 that yeah. year each, which is a, a teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the reality. And so, I, I like I said, I think this is a good step forward. I'm, I congratulate uh, Illinois on a- entering the the 2013s. Yeah, you have to do something about the Yahoo headlines that are scrolling behind you. Oh, it's is it horrible? It's <laughs> oh yeah, the Mighty House people were in here before. And Adorable just, results when you tickle a meerkat. It, Yahoo News, please. This is like Yahoo News is stoner news, by the way. <laughs> Adorable like it, results if you're, when you tickle if you're, a meerkat. Yeah, if you're if you're baked and these stories come by. <laughs> Uh, Kate Hudson's wild mini dress. Click on that. Yeah. Dude. Click on There's that. something about like a dog. Boy and a t- calls and a- police on dad. Oh, man. They did a story about me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Elvis's stunning granddaughter. Cool. cool. Well, yeah. Well, she yeah, looks all she's, right. She's stunning. Thank you very much. I got to tell you, she's looking <laughs> a lot like me. She's got my lips and my forehead. And that's all you could ask for. <laughs> So here I'm like trying to focus on Hal. It's like, oh, he's making some really valid po- Oh, wow, look at Kate Hudson. I know, it's, it's drifting by in the yeah. back. Panicked uh, boy calls 911 on father. That's right. like, wow. Um, he, he actually turned his dad in for driving drunk in that oh. story. That's oh, fascinating, wow. yeah. Unlike the other kid who just drove his dad drunk to the store. Did you see that video? No, no, no. We'll take a break. When we come back, um, I want to discuss <laughs> the, the, the fact that on my drive in from Grand Rapids, I was listening to Sean Hannity oh. talk about de- stopping the government to defund Mo- Medicare. I mean, to uh, Obamacare. They're gonna they're gonna shut down the government to defund Obamacare. Let me tell you the reality behind that sed- that statement when we come back. Now back to Hal Sparks on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT AM and FM. I'm sorry, don't we have a no stairway? Uh, yeah, read the sign. Place? Yeah, there's supposed to be a, there's no stairway. 
it's okay. No, I actually think it's, it's a nice, if you haven't heard the song, it's a brand new song uh, just released. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a big hit. I think it's going to have some legs. I don't know. It's really slow to... To get oh, I there, think though. it goes someplace at the end. You can just you can tell it's just building tension. Know. You know how you can tell? No. Piccolo's. That's <laughs> a big giveaway. Why does it sound dirty when you say piccolo? Piccolo's. <laughs> so, because everything does. All right. Um, okay. You're gonna talk over him. Let's go. And she's calling the Sean Hannity program. How okay. Do you so listen to that. All right. So I'm driving in. And uh, I'm getting fired up for the show because that's what I do. And really? I was like, I, yeah, because and mostly uh, a lot of times uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Sometimes I listen to firebrand preachers because they drive me crazy. They make me nuts, like where they're just kind of unforgiving and mean spirited. Is it like a firebrand podcast that you download? No, no, like on, on AM radio <laughs> oh, okay. when I'm driving across big swaths of the country. Whenever yeah. there's lots of trees around you, the only stations you're going to get are like free repeat, repeater uh, country stations and these, the Lord has clearly spoken in Deuteronomy. You know, <sighs> those guys who are on 24-7 mm-hmm. and it's just constantly reading stuff and, and their arguments are horribly circular and they they just it, they keep referencing back to the book as the truth and that's fine you can believe it is to be truth but it can't be empirical evidentiary you right, can't right, just right. kind of keep going back as i said you can tell it's true because on it's page seven right here, like dude yeah. that's your book of course you are going to reference it as the point <laughs> the only way you can ever compu- you know create sort of a scientific method of this is you got to cite other sources that also agree with that methodology that's what the devil wants you to believe and that's apparently according to the <laughs> guy i was listening to before but um so I'm driving in though, and uh, I'm listening to a Sean, uh, Sean Hannity free Pete from <laughs> I think Wednesday, and they're talking about he had just had Ted Cruz and Carl Rove on the day before, and they were talking about they were debating, albeit one at a time, not against each other because they protect their guests, so he can agree with both of them. Um, they were talking about the shutdown of the government, shutting down the government to get rid of Obamacare. This is the primary point of it. They have uh, they're gonna, they have a continuing resolution coming up that funds the government until they put a budget together. They can not do another CR mm-hmm. and that will shut down the government and therefore, you know, force the defunding of Obamacare, right? This is the big thing. That's what they want to do. Um, uh, both Sean Hannity and Sarah Palin have supported it, have supported <laughs> shutting down the government. Uh, you know, the big thinkers on their side. <laughs> Carl Rove and Charles Krauthammer have... Uh, um, have criticized the idea. They call it uh, nuts, I think was the word that they used. It's Those nuts. two say Those it's two nuts? say that shutting down the government to try and defund Obamacare is nuts. That's a quote. <laughs> Mike Lee uh, of Utah, a senator, threatened to shut down the government in order to stop funding it, uh, at, which, by the way, was signed into law in 2010. The, it was declared constitutional by the Supreme Court in 2012. Uh, he proposed that they refuse to vote on any continuing resolution um, that includes funding for uh, continued implementation, uh, implementation of health care reform. They're just not going to vote for it as long as it has it in there. Okay. Okay. Um, Richard Burr called uh, that the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. And considering he works in, in committee with these guys all the time, yeah. that's saying a lot. He smokes cigars with these people. <laughs> so <laughs> if he thinks that's the dumbest thing he's ever heard. And... Um, Obviously, you know, and, and people like Paul Krugman are coming out and saying it's actually going to do more damage to the economy than you would ever save in any, right. you know, that you think the you're fake saving. money right. that you're not spending. Right. Yeah. 
So here's the thing. This is the weird, the, the oddest part about it. And this was the complaint I kept hearing on the radio was that we, you know, businesses are being negatively affected by this, which hasn't gone into effect yet. But they're being negatively, people aren't hiring because of a thing that they don't understand yet. This, you know, I, I, people are calling in, I'm a small businessman and I've stopped hiring because Obamacare will force me to blah, blah, blah. And it hasn't even gone into place yet. Like right, it keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, because they wanted to give them more time to implement it and and across all the exchanges and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated thing, which is one of the reasons why it's a, you know, a 2,000-page bill. Right. It should be, because there are 330 million people in this country with almost as many varying medical decisions in their lives. And over the course... I'm, I'm sorry, the bill's too big. Yeah, right. You don't want it to be simple. Yeah, back of a cereal box. Meanwhile, the same people who uh, complain about Obamacare being too big... Uh, didn't have any problem with the 3,000 pages of the Patriot Act that now they're, you know, Sensenbrenner's against, even though he helped write it. Um, but let's, keeping focused on this, the idea is there, I mean, there's a genuine debate going on, uh, a fear-based debate on the right about should they shut down the government to defund Obamacare? Should this be, will it negatively affect the party? Will, you know, in the upcoming election, it, it certainly, uh, Newt Gingrich would be uh, great evidence that it is not a healthy no. plan. And, uh, or would it reinvigorate their base that they're serious about getting rid of something that their base hates, namely Obamacare, strictly for the name? Because whenever you go to their base, by the way, and you list the things that are in it, statistically it. across, yeah, they're for every single piece of it. You attach Obama's name and suddenly they think it's communist, socialist. Government climate. takeover. Right, of, exactly. Yeah. Here's the big part. This is and this is the funny thing that you hear when you when he actually had a couple of uh, congressional members on who were working to defund it or try to pass the law. And these were the guys pushing the 40th repeal of Obamacare this week. Um, they didn't do it 40 times this week. The 40th one was this week, just to clarify. And in that, they were making the point that um, there are in every law. There's um, discretionary spending attached to a law, and then there's mandatory spending attached to a law. That there's the majority of the money in any bill that's passed through, that's that's made law and is funded. The funding for it is mandatory, about, you know, maybe 70-30 most of the time. It, it baseline creates what it would be the budget to actually make it functional. It pads it by a little bit, and then it adds a little bit of discretionary funding. Now, to not fund it is Ill, the the mandatory part is illegal. You can stop the funding on the discretionary part because you can push it to other places. You can say it's not necessary. It is within Congress's uh, purview to say, well, this isn't the um, you know this is not uh, necessary to the use of this bill currently. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to just not use it for that. We're going to put it somewhere else. We're going to use it to build bridges or the like. And and in this case, um, essentially what they're going to do, what it boils down to, what they're arguing to do, what they want to shut down the government for is not to defund Obamacare because they can't. $71 billion is already allocated to the bill that is mandatory. That money goes right into making it happen. What they can get rid of is the $13 billion in discretionary money 
above and beyond the cost of right. the implementation and and advertising and getting people in the exchanges because people need to know how it works and know how to sign up to get in the exchanges to make it work. So they're spending money on informing people. That's part of the budgetary aspect of it. All that stuff is in the mandatory side. The $13 billion is in case that doesn't cover it. Mm -hmm. All they can do in not funding or not doing a continuing resolution or, you know, by shutting down the government is stop the $13 billion that may or may not even be necessary to implement the law. That's it. They're not shutting down the government. All you conservatives who think that they're shutting down the government to stop Obamacare, they aren't. They're shutting down the government to eliminate $13 billion in discretionary spending on a bill that may not even need it in the first place. They're willing to do that much damage to the economy to make not even a, a, a what, a 12% dent in the overall budget of a bill. That's what it is. That's, that's ultimately what it is. They, they're not going to, this is not going to affect the implementation of Obamacare at all. And yet, they're willing to shut down the government to do it. And so, what did I hear recently that, uh, was it, who's the Reince Priebus? No, Reince. Like, yeah. He was saying that uh, Obama is a really good talker, but not a very good leader. And he was talking about him using the bully pulpit. Right. Which everybody has been begging him to do. Right. To go out and talk to the people. Because what do the people like? They like everything about Obamacare. They like everything about the Affordable sure. Care Act. And if you're going to stick to your guns and say, oh, he, he's just a good talker, that's... Talking, this communication, this messaging is right. a huge part of leading. It's more than the lion's share because it, leading to them, I guess, maybe is a backroom dictatorship, mm -hmm. um, some sort of faux commission where they can they can get a bunch of their old white guys together and really, you know, work with a corporation. That's leadership, I guess. Right. To, to that side. Well, you know, the Republican idea the of most leadership is move in uh, one senator the most blind in, hold the, the on a very judiciary nominee of representative and democracy. Go, <laughs> even though, you know, and everybody, true, uh, you know, government by the people and for the people is, yeah. is one guy going, I don't like it, but I'm not going to tell you why I don't like it. I'm just going to hide the fact that I'm the guy that stopped it. Yeah. When we come back after this, we're going to uh, talk to Katie Speak in a moment because um, not only is there, a, a you know, the lovely, um, <laughs> the the wonderful, uh, you know, the, I guess it's the, I don't know if I want to call it the war on women anymore. No. It's moved beyond even just war. It's almost like apartheid. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not, because war almost connotes that it'll be over. Yeah, apartheid no. is, you know, is what relative permanence. They have not learned any lessons. Nope. But uh, but they left gifts. They're not doing it in a mean way. They're doing it in. They're getting it's, more and more loving. And it's Katie all about will tell us all about health. it. Yeah. Right after this. Sparks on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT AM and FM. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Of course, we're broadcasting on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, AM 820. I know where Hal Sparks is. Yeah, that's true. Currently, most of the time you don't. I know. Where in the world is Hal Sparks? He's about three feet from me right Look now. Out. He's right here. 
I'm in studio. I love it when we do it in studio. It's like yeah, it's becoming a, a fairly regular act every it's time. It's nice. I like it. I prefer it. And of course, uh, follow me on Twitter at Hal Sparks. You can uh, tweet your reaction to the show or our callers or our comments or what have you uh, that way. And you can also join in our chat room at HalSparks.com slash Ustream. Um, it's uh, blazing away today. Good morning to everybody in the chat. And on the line with us right now, to explain, I don't know what women are upset about <laughs> now, uh, is Katie Speak um, from Katie Speak. Good morning, Hal. Hi, how are you? Boy, I have had this craving for chocolate chip cookies all week that I just cannot explain. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I can explain it to you. Maybe it's... Um, I love me some cookies. Well, why don't you give us a little backstory about where you saw a plate of cookies that may have drawn your attention. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. So first, I have to give uh, I have to give a nod to your lead into the story where you said the war on women is certainly not an adequate slogan. Yes, definitely apartheid. That sounds right. And also, um, we have to take a moment to to not forget that not every person who needs reproductive rights and access and care is actually a woman. So yeah. we need to. Um, if you didn't see Lauren Rankin's piece in Truth Out this week, not everyone who has an abortion is a woman. How to frame the abortion rights issue. I will tweet it. Everyone should check it out. Right. Um, but let's be, let's not be like the GOP. Let's be inclusive and broad-based. Sure. Um, so, so speaking of not inclusive and not broad-based, the governor of North Carolina uh, went back on a campaign promise this week. He very explicitly and blatantly during the campaign, when asked what new restrictions on abortion he would sign as governor, he said none. It was a one-word answer. Right. And the motorcycle safety bill that was crammed full of abortion restrictions uh, was up to be signed on Monday. So a large group from the ongoing Moral Mondays protest in North Carolina showed up on his front lawn on Monday to protest their disapproval of this, you know, potential going back on his word. And he signed it anyway. He signed it Monday night. And when the protesters were still there on Tuesday, because it turns out getting a good night's sleep did not make them less upset about it. Hmm. Um, he walked out across the front lawn and handed them a plate of cookies. Yum, yum. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, right. So, um, so we're good. We're good, right? Well, I think here, here's right. the thing. What's the ultimate message behind that? Is it presumably, ladies, this would be a better use of your time? Remember when you used right. to just shut up and make these? Um, or was it a a specific snack that he made his wife make for okay, them? Okay, no. smart guy. I, well, I'm just, what, what should he have brought them? What kind of treat? Uh, right. How about bottled water? You know what I mean? I mean, I, you're out there. Okay, Mr. Practical. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're. I mean, there's certainly. If you're going to talk about messaging in this, I mean, granted, he could have amped it up a little bit. He could have brought out eggs, flour, <laughs> chocolate, and and sugar, <laughs> and just said, "Shouldn't you be ladies be better hit? You know, working at this. Come on, put your shoes that, in this bag." Yeah. That, uh, that conversation you and I had about that earlier in the, this yes. week was actually the thing I got the most response to on social media. Yeah. I said I was going to be on the show to talk about cookies, and I said that the reason I do your show was this short exchange. <laughs> and I just sent you a message saying, can we talk about cookies? And you knew exactly what I was talking <laughs> right. about and then said, why didn't he just have them bake them himself? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's essentially, I mean, I think that's what the message was. Like, ladies, remember when it was easier when you guys just shut up and cooked <laughs> these for me? 
I mean, it's right. creepy. The 50s were awesome. Yeah, right. Oh, come on, get over it. I mean, we loved it. Yeah, things They're, were much simpler back then. Right. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> Listen up. Mad Men is very popular. What is the problem? Right, right. It's it, Well, here's the thing, though. This is... This guy says, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sign any of these uh, draconian anti-abortion bills." No was one word answer. Mm-hmm. They sneak it. They sneak the bill through, just like they've been doing in all these other House legislatures, um, all state legislatures all over the country, and he signs it without batting an eye. This seems yep. to me to be an Alec level. I mean, at some point, it feels like there's going to be a series of memos coming out that coordination in the GOP and in, you know, just right wingers in general, that they're going to start making the case. You know, we're going to find out that they were working on state house legislature as their main priority. And this is how we're going to do it. And we can use all these legislative tricks to get these things passed through. And uh, and we'll we'll get elected on. No, we won't do this. And then we'll do them anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. It's a strategy. You know, Alec has a creepy cousin whose name is Americans United for Life. Um, they're right. a little lesser known because they're they're very targeted in, I mean, it's the same people. It's the same people funding it. It's the same people with the same priorities, right? It's all, it's all the same, like, 1% rich, white, misogynistic jerks who are who are funding Americans United for Life that also fund Alec. Mm-hmm. But Alec has, because Alec says business first, they have a lot more like public sponsorship and they've gotten a lot more people digging into it because it's not a, it's not a uni issue, issue organization. Whereas Americans United for Life is, is very open on their website about saying that they, like their whole purpose is to help fund and do model legislation. I mean, that's part of what they do. I talked to um, Robin Marty, the amazing, um, the amazing reporter for RH Reality Check earlier this week, and she said of all the state bills she comes across, something like 70 to 80% of them are either model legislation written by or coordinated by Americans United for Life. So you're, you're not wrong. If they look if they look organized and they look coordinated and they look oddly eerily similar, it's because the same people are writing them. Yeah. Yeah, and it, this is this is sort of the uh, legislation insofar as women's rights that goes in line to like stand your ground laws and the like. They are manufacturing these things regardless of what the public might feel about them without much uh, recourse, mm-hmm. and just you know punching them through on these small levels. And then again, the House by doing nothing is actually doing an extraordinary act on their benefit, which is keeping any kind of federal remedy from stopping these things, especially when they deal with inequality. Especially when they, you know, they, they, they tip top it. And by the way, um, just to mention, um, since you brought up Alec in that regard, um, Occupy Wall Street is getting ready to converge against Alec in Chicago. We're on, of course, on WCPT Radio, Chicago's mm-hmm. Progressive Talk. Uh, August 7th to 9th, um, if you go to OccupyWallStreet.net, um, you can get all the information um, on it. But they will be meeting at the Palmer House Hilton at 17 West Monroe Street in Chicago, um, August 7th through the 9th. Uh, it, that's where the activists from all over the country will converge and shut down Alex's 40th annual meeting and expose Alex's organization. They are, um, there's a huge list of all the stuff that Alec has been involved in, including killing unions, uh, promoting incarceration and 100% capacity at jails, um, uh, destroying public education, criminalization of immigrants, um, you know, pro-pollution legislation that just eliminates regulation, and, of course, um, the dumping 
pollutants onto indigenous lands, which is mm-hmm. another, you know, sideline business that they're involved in. And so uh, ju- if you have any uh, desire to be involved in that at all, uh, August 7th to the 9th uh, at the Palmer House Hilton. Um, and you can go, so like I said, actually, Occupy Wall Street. Also, um on Facebook, you can also Google, not Google, mm-hmm. do the Facebook search. They've, there are a couple of Facebook events if you want to join up that way so you can connect to other people who are going, right. probably someone you know. Um, if you search for Alec Exposed in Chicago Rally and also Three Days of Action to Shut Down Alec in Chicago, they're doing a, a full-on rolling out the unwelcome map. Right. That's uh, it's, yeah. So, anyways, if you want to be involved in that, it's a great way to get linked up with that. Um, we'll we'll post uh, some links to it via that as well. Now, here's the thing: um, you've got states that are of no surprise to anyone passing these um, draconian abortion laws. Um, at the same time, the federal protection for getting Plan B, um, the over the counter, the morning after pill, is actually you know is now law of the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's a protected right. There's obviously these, uh, you know, protect religious protections in place for uh, pharmacists who don't want to sell it to people because it's you know it violates their belief system, which is really always very odd to me because uh, it's like that's your job. You supply yeah. the thing. You're not the judgment mm-hmm. person. You're not the doctor, and you're not the patient. No, you didn't make the call. You didn't prescribe it. Nope. You that that being able to opt out on that level is a bit scary. Yep. But it's not like the vegan barista at Starbucks can refuse to give you your whole milk latte. Right. That you took the job. Like, that's not how this works. Right. Um, And, and, you know, it's it's interesting how much much protection is out there for that. But for anybody who needs protection from it, you know, you're facing an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. That being said, it is available. And it is going to change the face of, I think, the abortion argument, as, you know, going forward. Um, and I think ultimately they're going to move to as and, and they have started these laws uh, to birth control that they really this has less to do about specifically abortion. This is the low hanging fruit of what they want to do, but about controlling women's lives and controlling women's ability to dictate when they are going to get pregnant over the course of their lives. This is well, it's, it's yeah. also about dictating when they can have sex. Right. I have, a, I have a slight thought about this. I'm a single woman at 34 and it turns out uh, this may shock some people who are listening. I enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't ever plan to to not have it at some point. I, that's part of, of who we are as humans and and as as people and sexual beings. It's it's a part of your identity. And we've we fought for things like birth control. We fought for things like reproductive rights and, and access to care, which we're obviously still fighting for. Part of the point of these laws is to tell me how to live my life and not not just in monetary terms or whether or not I'm able to fill a prescription. A lot of this very much is trying to control who I'm allowed to be and how I'm allowed to live. And I'm really enjoying watching the feminist community say more about that because it's not just about access to care. It's about being autonomous people and being free conservatives. This is about freedom to be who we are. Right. But that's your I think you're in an uphill battle explaining that part to them because it's almost like, you know, having the the you believe in Jesus, but you're being a hypocrite conversation mm-hmm. that never seems to oh, go yeah. anywhere. There is no convincing. Thank you so much for being on with us, Katie. Uh, Katie underscore speak uh, on Twitter and, of course, katiespeak.com. And uh, and I, I this will be unfortunately, like I said, this is not a war on women. This is a this is a feminine apartheid is really what's going on. 
and I and I I don't think they intend to stop anytime soon. Hopefully that will affect some legislative change, but I'm not holding my breath. It's mm-hmm. it's really up to us to vote. Um, so thanks again, Katie, for joining us today. Thank you, Hal. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Um, we'll be back right after this. More of the House Parks Radio program, Mega Worldwide. It takes too long. Why did me wait so long to give me cookie? Hmm? Me got me cookie in my fur. It is blue, make me purr. Me so hungry, does Elmo have me cookie? Now back to Hal Sparks on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT AM and FM. 773-763-9278 is our number. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, broadcasting on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Pre- Progressive Talk, also available as a podcast on iTunes now. Right on. Thanks to the uh, post-show workings of Dennis. That's right. Who's super awesome. Yeah, uh, get over that idea big right way. away. And, uh, and of course, uh, the, the comedy and, and audio clip stylings of Johnny Million. Comedy. Uh, comedy, pre- comedy, comedy, yeah, comedy. Yeah, pre- presently of Convoy, Convoy Insanity on Facebook, and, of course, uh, formerly of Seismograph, my band in high school. <laughs> Which I I do have recordings of. Awesome. <laughs> I do. Hey. All these old cassettes that may or may not play. Oh, I'm, we'll find a way to make them play. <laughs> this has got to happen. Black Diamond. Yeah. So oh. many. Oh, the next time my band plays here, or we play Reggie's or something like that. You're gonna come up. And we're gonna do Black Diamond. Oh, that'd be awesome. I insist. That'd be and awesome. and we'll pl- what we'll do is before we play it, we're gonna play the taped version <laughs> <laughs> over the loudspeakers. This is John and I playing an- this song in high school, and we'll just stand there with our arms crossed, <laughs> listening the whole time, making sure everyone is quiet for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge. And then at the end, and then we'll kick its butt. We gotta after. we gotta get Jeff Cohen involved. Oh, he's playing drums. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Oh, Jeff Cole, like, no deference to his, he's a fantastic drummer, uh, you know, because he's a lawyer now, and you got right, like, yeah. but I don't want him coming after me, um, but he, uh, he was a wonderful, allegedly a wonderful drummer, allegedly, and, uh, allegedly <laughs> he never, he owned drums, he did, that was, that was the qualification, that was it, that was all we needed, yeah, yep. who cares if one section of the song is fast and another <laughs> section is slow, it's not really important, no, the important thing is we were a band, and we, we loved were. each other, yep, um, that being said, by the way, uh, so you can get the uh, you can go to iTunes and get the uh, the podcast anytime you want, and uh, we usually have them up on Monday. The the new shows every week, and it's a ton of fun. Also, uh, I want to uh, remind everybody: end of the show today, of course, happy ending. There's some really cool tech stuff I'm going to be talking about, and that's of course brought to you by uh, our good friends at Steez, the energy drink company and the tea company. We mm-hmm. love them. I'm doing a Whole Foods after this. Yeah, because they're fair trade and they got a low CO2 output facility, and they. Uh, don't you know they have a they're a vegan company and they're profitable hey it's possible that's right you know and then and they're not tossing people off their rolls to avoid obamacare and they're not whining about it they're a good company and it's possible it's just possible and okay all right now back to the stories at hand the the reality is that the republicans i think want to crash the government just for the macho of having done it that's it the, the, they are not shutting down the government to defund Obamacare. We've already established this. Even on Hannity's show, they're talking about how they can't even do it if they wanted to. $71 billion of Obamacare is going to go through no matter what. Uh, $13 billion in discretionary spending could, uh, towards it could be moved somewhere else through the use of this particular maneuver. They could shut down the government and, and deny that 13 mm-hmm. from going through. But in this case, it won't. It will just 
soldier right through. It, you know, it will stop like everything else, but it will start right back up like everything else exactly. because it's the law of the land. Um, so they know this. Charles Krauthammer is calling it nuts. Uh, Carl you know, Rove. Carl Rove is calling it stupid. Um, Richard Burr is calling it of uh, North Carolina, a state we just talked about. Mm -hmm. He's calling it the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. Of course, I don't know if he said that before or after his governor left cookies outside for protesters <laughs> uh, who were uh, trying to fight for their uh, reproductive rights. But that being said, um, in this particular case, they know it's not going to defund Obamacare. So why are they doing it? I think for just the Tea Party press of, you know, you know, standing because what Sean Hannity was seemed to be pushing was this idea that that standing your ground, uh, and I and I use that particular phrase uh, um, on, intentionally um, on a legislative level is more important than actually effective governing. Mm -hmm. the The appearance of being macho. You know, and going, I'm a man. Ide ideological. Ideological, yeah, right. The, the the appearance of being that is more important than actually serving your own constituents. Much less, what the, forget what they think or don't like about, uh, you know, democratic policies and that kind of stuff. They're screwing their own people out of mm -hmm. protections that they deserve. Because I guarantee, you know... You want to find a cancer cluster in this country, a big cancer cluster that's a regular problem, go to a red state. You'll find one faster than anywhere else. You want to find a state that is getting with uh, a lot of recurring illnesses and, and, and chronic diseases or whatever. It's going to be downriver <laughs> from a coal plant or a yep. red state that doesn't have any regulations about where they put their stuff. And the, uh, the fascinating thing is that you look at a state like Kentucky, where I'm originally from, the... There are sections of the state that literally just downriver. They don't have any coal to speak of anymore in certain parts of the state. So the West Virginia's coal junk just goes down the river into their area and just poisons the rivers and streams in the air. And they just deal. Because the idea is, well, I'll drive over the border. That's where my job is. So I technically live in Kentucky, but I work over there. Mm. But Kentucky isn't protecting me from the poisons. Um, and it, that part of it, Republicans aren't going to act on any of those kind of things. They specifically, I think, um, work strategically to destroy environmental protections, both to support multinational corporations. I think that's the primary. It's not mm. even about American businesses anymore. Anybody thinks the Keystone Pipeline is about American resources and American companies is full of it. As a matter of fact, before we go to break, let's play the, the president talking about um, his jobs plan. He's going around selling his jobs plan. If they've got a better plan uh, to create jobs rebuilding our infrastructure or to help workers earn the high-tech skills that they need, then they should offer up these ideas. But I've got to tell you, just gutting our environmental protection, that's not a jobs plan. Gutting investments in education, that's not a jobs plan. Yeah, they, they keep on talking about this, uh, an oil pipeline coming down from Canada that's estimated to create about 50 permanent jobs. That's not a jobs plan. Waste. Yeah, <laughs> that's not to put too fine a point on it. Right. And it's interesting because 
all during the Keystone Pipeline thing, everybody's been saying the president's going to bend on this and this is going to happen and the Keystone Pipeline's actually going to occur and there's nothing we can do about it and it's another, you know, promise that Obama will break and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't seem like it now. Mm -mm. I, I think the tide is turning against this thing. And I think largely because the people of the country are waking up to the fact that just running a big tube through the country doesn't help us at all. Those oil, those tar sands oil from uh, Alberta and from uh, northern Canada that are going to go through that pipeline are going to go straight to the Gulf into a boat and be sold on the open market. And we're going to have to compete for the price just like anybody else. We don't get a break. There is no drill, baby, drill. Right. You, we, there is no American oil. Yeah. Get over it. We don't even allow it. The, any move to nationalize oil is met with this horrifying, what, do you, what are we, Venezuela, kind of uh, freak out. P.S., people in Alaska get a, you know, automatically get, uh, you know, a, a, a payment because of the oil that's coming out of the state because that was part of the original arrangement when it became a state. Mm. But everybody else doesn't, like Montana or wherever. So you're going to find these, you know, either uh, by, via fracking, get natural gas, or you're going to get, the people who live in that state aren't just getting a check. It doesn't work that way. And if you suggested that they should, you're viewed as some sort of communist, even though this stuff is under everybody's ground. You know, they, they're, they've got this kind of there will be blood mentality. I drink your milkshake. Well, I am an oil man and this is my boy. I can um, make the oil. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was just doing an impersonation of John Houston in that particular movie. If you really look, go watch Chinatown and you'll notice that he was actually doing just... John Houston. Wow. Yep. Anyways, we'll be back right after this. I want to talk in the next hour. Take your call, 773-763-9278. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good news actually happening in the world, and I'm going to talk about that during the happy ending. But I also want to discuss, uh, you know, the fact that why are the Republicans in government if they hate government? And why? Only to, I, I, when we come back, I'm going to tell you one quote that blew my mind. We'll be back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Hal Sparks. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, on uh, WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, and also uh, streaming live at HalSparks.com on the Ustream page. And uh, yes, it's a good time. It's a, it's a nice thing to be able to do. And of course, uh, available in podcast form at the Hal Sparks Pod Bay on the Sideshow Network, SideshowNetwork.tv, I think is their <laughs> website. Yep. I don't know why, because it's a podcast network, but I guess it was free. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It was yeah, available. They, like those away. they wanted to call it Sideshow Network no matter what, and the only one left was TV. <laughs> I've dot run com, into that before. Dot com was a bunch of people who, you know, drive nails through their tongues and bearded <laughs> ladies, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know. The original Sideshow Network. Dot org was a site that raises money for people who have harmed themselves driving nails through their tongues <laughs> and being bearded ladies. The and, org. Yeah, right. <laughs> dot gov was rejected outright, you know, has yeah. been defunded. And uh, dot TV, I think, was the last one available. You know, dot US, I think, would be a good choice. Oh, definitely. But then that would limit them to national acts, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, 
Welcome back to the show. Uh, there's obviously plenty um, to talk about in the news any given week these these days. I mean, in and I have again. I want to congratulate again um, the uh, just the government of Illinois, just Governor Quinn and everybody for legalizing medical marijuana and actually having a compassionate view and how they did it and that kind of stuff. It's terrific. Um, I, you know, there was, of course, uh, Reza, uh, Reza Aslan's uh, interview on Fox this week about his book, Zealot, The, the Life of Je- Lifetimes of Jesus of Nazareth, the book that was at number oh, eight until the crappiest interview in the world on yeah. Fox. Is, is where, that where the, the person's a Muslim? So how could they possibly know? Right, yeah. How could you write a book about Jesus if you're a Muslim? Uh, and, uh, Never mind the fact that every like every author that they have on Fox is a self-professed Christian writing, writing books about, about Islam Muslims. and Muslims yeah. and yeah <laughs> and the threat and the danger of who they are and whatever and yeah never mind that fact whatever it was fascinating fam I did see some headline that it was like Fox News's most embarrassing interview ever ever right yeah exactly that's high praise it is that's a that's a tall order I, yeah. I don't know that you could stand by that um and again um. Can we compare something really quick just before we – I want to play some audio too. But the, one of the things, like I said, this continuing resolution, they're going to stop uh, Obamacare, they, they think, by shutting down the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, $70, million, $70 billion already allocated to the law. $13 billion in discretionary spending that they're going to be able to cut if they stop this only temporarily. But they'll be able to you know, divert it someplace else or, or, or just kind of, I guess, eliminate parts of it through uh, the committee process or something like that. Keep in mind, due to the changes by this particular president and how we uh, are going to um, invest more in homegrown energy sources, including wind and solar, Mm -hmm. um, by 2050, the United States will save $50 billion a year in energy just from the implementation of solar, not including all the other points. And, and I mean, if you go to, if you ever go to Vegas, if you go to Vegas anytime soon, outside of town, they've built these three solar arrays. So are, are you telling me that that really is like a nationalistic program that like you can have U.S. solar power, but you can't have U.S. oil? Yes, absolutely. You know why? Because it's not a physical entity. It's not like you can't, it, it's ironic that we could claim the sun, but right? not the oil under our own ground. <laughs> that is ironic. It is very ironic. Um, and, but I guess it's because you had to build the the actual thing to capture it on your property. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the land, you know, we can do public lands. We've done that for a long time. If there's oil under it, we have to let private companies get the oil out. That's nuts. But um, but that being said, federal solar energy will save the country fifty billion dollars by twenty fifty. That's going to be a regular thing that we're not going to have to worry about fifty billion mm. a year. So the idea that they – one of the things you'd think that they could focus on if they, they're worried about spending and they don't want – you know, they, they think that, you know, the costs of, of modern living are too much from a governmental standpoint and from, a, you know, a corporations paying for too much for too little or whatever, you, you know, their argument is. Mm. Ultimately, <clears throat> you'd think they'd find a way to get to that number quicker. Instead of waiting to 2050, because all that technology is relatively available. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in the happy ending. Um, okay. But instead of dealing with the fact 
that the president is walking around. It, it, by the way, traveling the country talking about his jobs plan. You, you know, we talk about the president taking the bully pulpit and actually taking, you know, going out and making his case to the American people about what his plan is. And people go, why doesn't he just do that? How come the president doesn't just go out there and use the bully pulpit? Well, here's the problem. He does. And every news organization, including MSNBC, cuts away within five minutes of the mm-hmm. speech. It was the, you know, this time it was the jobs plan before it was, uh, it, you know, energy and climate. Yep. The climate speech, nobody aired it. It was, you know, the Weather Channel aired more of the climate speech <laughs> than anybody else. And, and, and interestingly enough, MSNBC was actually the worst. I think they aired like eight seconds of it and probably still photographs like Le Jeté and just kind of forgot about it. But the, <laughs> the point is the president's out making all these stump speeches about how we can, you know, these are the pillars of a good economy. How do we get it rolling again? Um, and nobody notices. <laughs> There's literally this kind of generalized, you know, I don't think he's doing anything. I don't think he's leading on this. You know, he's not taking it to the American people. He's not making it clear to the American people. Like, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. And right. that's very important. In a positive and a negative sense. In the case of the president, he's literally doing things in public. He's going places and giving speeches about what we need to do for the direction of the country. He's Mm -hmm. directing what he thinks the plan should be. He's offered up his ideas. He's said he's welcome to Republican ideas. He's reached across the aisle and, you know, and, and, and basically done everything but beg and plead with these guys to get involved in the actual governing process. And is seen as not leading, is seen as not doing that. It's just opposite. Now, on the Republican side, there are people who are pretending that small government is important, that uh, Washington needs to listen to the average person, that, you know, that uh, that there's too much insider trading going on in Washington. We need to drain the swamp and all that from the Republican side. But what do they do do? And what they do is anonymous holds on judicial and cabinet appointees. They increase the size of government by by, uh, going into your private life. Yeah, right. Absolutely. They want to. Here's the thing: you have literally have libertarians and Republicans lining up to go. I don't want Obamacare to put a chip in my body, but I am fine with them inserting something in a woman's body, um, which would create the legal uh, basis for the ability. If you wanted to chip human beings, if you want, I mean, let's go down that that road for a second. You think that guy will call again? Ah, probably not. But when we come back, we're going to play something from Glenn Beck. So I don't think I could possibly get as crazy as what we're going to play. But um, but if you wanted to, let's say from a, you know, if you're part of the Pentavlet, you know, uh, the oh, Medici's, the, the, the Borges, and Colonel Sanders before he went tets up. I always hated the Colonel. <laughs> yeah, why, how, Dad, how can you hate the Colonel? Those wee beady eyes. <laughs> oh, you're going to love my chicken. Yeah, right. Uh <laughs> So if you want to, let's say you're part of the Bilderbergs or the Pentavlet or the Bohemian Grove or we've got the papers, infotainmentwars.com. And you, uh, you know, you and you're part of a cabal of, you know, uh, Mario Lopez and uh, the De Beers Diamond Fortune and, uh, you know, the former cast of Facts of Life and, and uh, you know, four Freemasons from North Carolina. And you all get in a dark room, smoke cigars and and figure out how you're going to destroy, you know, do population reduction. You have me on the ropes of Mario Lopez. <laughs> well, I think he's part of it. He has to be part of it. So because uh, he's everywhere. It's, it's surrounding. Everywhere. Yeah, right. So that being said, 
if you wanted to do that, let's say you want to do all those crazy things that they always assume that, you know, these folks want to do, and you wanted to chip human beings, mm-hmm. you wanted to create a situation where the government had the legal basis to go, you know what? We got to put chips in people because it's for security and for for information when With you're a hint traveling. Of lime? Yes, right. <laughs> yes, lime flavored Doritos. Yeah. We're gonna put this. If you wanted to put those, you know, if you wanted to chip somebody, you couldn't do it outright because there's plenty of legal precedent to go. You can't medicate or put a device in mm-hmm. a person without their consent. It's been around for a very long time. Until Republican houses all over the country started mandating. Uh, uh, transvaginal ultrasounds, where they literally say it's okay for the government to order somebody to put something in your body, whether you think it's right or your doctor thinks it's right. And to lie to them about what an abortion will do to them later. Exactly. But but what I'm saying is you're literally legalizing the government putting something inside yeah, of you. Yeah. You're making a doctor. The government is writing a law, making a doctor stick something in your body. If that can lead to... Why aren't they flipping out that that would lead to microchips? Honestly, I mean that would be the obvious road. There's this willful ignorance if it if it doesn't fall in line with their narrative. Right. Speaking of willful willful ignorance, we'll we'll uh, listen to some Glenn back on the way back. All right. It's uh it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Now back to Hal Sparks on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT AM and FM. I had such a crush on Joe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When she took that motorcycle helmet off. Oh, yeah. Ding, and dang. Shagged her hair out like mm. that. Oh, yeah. Nancy. I don't trust him anymore now that I know they're part of the great worldwide Agenda 21 right, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tootie? Tootie's, yeah. She's the leader. Yeah, it used to be Mrs. Garrett, but she passed away. So she, she did. Yeah, there was this big ritual where they passed on the leadership of the Facts of Life. Uh, That's got to be Bohemian Grove. What about uh, Mindy Cohen? What's she up to? Uh, Mindy Cohen, uh, I think, left the organization and was mysteriously killed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, like that reporter who, yeah. uh, who said, I'm onto something big. Michael Hastings. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that wasn't iffy at all. There's That's a huge. So creepy. In L.A., where the accident happened, there's like a bunch of this is not an accident signs people are sticking in the ground. That's so where it awesome. happens. Yeah. As we get into Conspiracy Corner here, yes. we've got the, the soundbite of the man, the conspiracy man. Oh, yes. So uh, Glenn Beck has a, a, a new book out. And when I say book, I mean— Color there, forms? There, yeah, there are words put in a generic order— Inside two covers. I, uh, I've heard. Have you heard though that he also sells it in a uh, like chalkboard format? Does he really yeah, need to come yeah. to your house and write it out? <laughs> he does. It takes a while. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. Every chapter heading, there's a squeak. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. So, um, so the president comes out and says, um, you know, that uh, we need a jobs plan. We need to work on the four pillars of, uh, you know, of GDP growth and and economic growth for the country. We've got to. You lie. Yes. Right. <laughs> We've got, we've got to work on, uh, you know, things we can do it by cleaning our environment. We can do it by uh, building our infrastructure. We can uh, protect the middle class by making sure manufacturing's here, that we, we can cut corporate taxes, but only if they bring their businesses here. That's a big part of his plan that the Republicans hate. It's so awesome. They hate it. It's such an awesome plan. Tying people, getting a tax break 
for doing business in this country only if they actually do business in this country is hated by the Republicans. They hate it. But to me, it sounds like the answer. Yeah, it's it's a very simple answer. I mean, it's basically you, you, you create- cut their taxes, you bring jobs over here. Yeah, and those jobs pay taxes into the government. Exactly. Revenue goes up. And, you know, if you want to... They spend their money here. Call it trickle up, if you will. Right. But um, this... From the middle so, out. so he's going around the country and he's making these these speeches. Let's uh, help uh, deal with student loans. Let's uh, make sure that everybody gets the education, the best education they can possibly have. Let's deal with immigration and the economy. Let's get these uh, the shadow workers out of the shadows and into the the light so they can actually work. And pay, yeah, and, and uh, pay taxes and be involved in the communities because they've been here for years. They're basically undocumented Americans at this point, um, you know. And and so he's going around making this. And when he speaks, this is what Glenn Beck hears. Let's, this is a little bit long, but. That's the anatomy of a racist. <laughs> Those three things. Do they see the individual or do they see the group? This, I mean, when you really look at this, now again, and we quoted the doctors, and I don't know which doctors they were, but we quoted the doctors last night and, and showed you the, the there's some of the leading experts from the around the world on race relations and racists. And um, Was he seeing so a doctor for his racism? Things that they gave right. us. <laughs> And when you look at these things, in many ways, you're describing many in this administration. Oh, yeah, sure. So what is the event, what is the crisis that will blow those seeds or those those embers that racists have been sowing? What What is the billows for that? Bellows it will be a crisis bellows. of some sort <laughs> that will set off Sorry. a race war or some sort of a uh, <laughs> chaos in the streets. Some sort of a chaos? Some sort of a chaos. Yeah. That's the cycle of hate. It's the new Incubus album. Isn't and it? I can, I am it's convinced the cycle of hate is now yeah. just waiting for the crisis. From the Lion King. The seeds are book. being planted every day. And everything that doesn't become the crisis just becomes another seed, another ember that is waiting to set the entire house on fire. Ooh. When we hit a crisis, that's when those people who are the race leaders, those who are already in a position of power, take us to places none of us ever want to go. Okay. Okay, first of all, you you have good reason to be confused right now because a lot of that just doesn't make sense. It's kind a of a minute 40 seconds of no nothing, ideas. Nothing whatsoever. But here's the thing. Essentially though, the baseline of what he's talking about is he's just, he's effectively quoting Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. He's basically either he vacillates between accusing the Obama White House of stoking the racial divide that Charles Manson was kind of talking about with Helter their Skelter. Yeah, it was yeah, billowing <laughs> their pillows while they blow blow the seeds. <laughs> he changed to embers, but he yeah. was blowing. He meant sowing seeds, and then he went to. He said blowing. seeds. We need to do fun. like a whole Glenn Beck mystery science theater treatment. I think it's not a bad idea. Uh, it could be a whole show. It and, could uh, easily just, sit there, just have it on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And just talk over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, um, he vacillates between both. Um, saying that that's what the White House is essentially doing, effectively putting in implementing helter-skelter 
And on the other hand, saying that that's kind of inevitable anyways. Right. It's kind of making the case that it won't take much to set these people loose. That it that you just stoke the fires of racism and black people will basically rise up. That's essentially where he's going. Is that cuz white people don't riot, you know, unless it's Huntington Beach or or Wall Street. Cuz I've said before, I genuinely think that there are white riots. They just come in the form of uh, credit default swaps. <laughs> you know, they, they destroy everything. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, I, 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 I know I'm going out on a limb here, but I will say that there is an area that white people are clearly superior over black people. And of course, that is killing human beings. Um, no one can hold a candle to how well white people kill people because we build. We're number one. Mach- yeah, we build machines and camps and gas chambers and all kinds of. Can't even get. We mow them down in masses. We, you know, from uh, the you, Boxer you, Rebellion in China to the right. Native Americans to the Jews in Germany. There's uh, like. The Inquisition. No, but yeah, nobody even holds a candle. Forget it. We got Maybe this. Genghis Khan, but that's a long time. He had ago. his day. He did. He killed a million people in one day. Personally, I think he all he choked them all to death. He was a busy guy. God, that must have taken forever. He was exhausted. His forearms were just blown out. They were, they were huge, though. Yeah. It only took him a... He had it down to a second. <laughs> <laughs> he just reached over with his just giant arm. Hopping larynx yeah, everywhere. Right everywhere. Um, but that, you know... Th- but this is... Uh, honestly, this is one of those situations where that's what Glenn Beck hears. When... when and it And it's... It's pathological to me. It is. It, it always circles back to that. A hundred percent of the time is the end of days. Right. Coming back from this race riot that's supposed to happen. Maybe it's just good sales. It ha- Maybe well, that's yeah, what it is. It's fear. Yeah. And, and what, what, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. If right. you scare people enough and they think they're not paying attention when they need to be listening to Glenn Beck to get the the next thing that they have to do, the next thing they have to buy to save themselves. Right. You know, maybe they have to buy gold because when civilization crumbles. Right. Yeah, that's always the fun part. By the way, gold's taken a hit over the last little bit. And then, you know, um, my concern if I was a gold investor and one of these people who listens to those shows all the time or whatever and who doesn't believe in a fiat currency because, God forbid, you should base your currency on the uh, creativity, the work, and the wherewithal of your populace uh, when you could base it entirely on a pretty rock, um, yep. is that some pe- someday somebody will wake up to the fact that it's just a pretty rock and that's that. Watch Under the Dome. Yeah. And it's based on the Stephen King book, but money is all of a sudden worthless. Spoiler alert. Right. Because it's, who cares about money if you're inside this dome? Oh, right, it does, right. It doesn't mean anything. What's valuable now? Batteries. Right. Propane. Right. That's that's money. It's gold? Right. What are you going to do with gold? Right, exactly. Well, it becomes a status item, and it only works when you're getting elitist. When when you, you, or when you all agree that it's a status item. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, and it's not even... And we've come to the point where it's, you know, it would almost be like where, you know, copper is, you know, for electrical equipment is, you know. I thought you were going, hey, coppers. Yeah, no, <laughs> copper, hey, copper. No. <laughs> That's where you were That's headed, what I mean. honestly. That's not what I meant at all. Um, <laughs> is it, that that essentially like, the, you know, using ceramics and some, like, you know what the most expensive stuff in the world is these, like, rare earth minerals that, you know, the China right. and the U.S. are always fighting over. And there's like a thimble full of this stuff in the world, but it's needed for all electronics. And so everybody's fighting over it. That's something where... 
if you could buy a you know a half a gram of that, yeah. you could probably be set up for life in a little while because it's going to get burned. Every every like uh, ten or fourteen years, it comes out that Afghanistan has a whole boatload of those materials. Exactly. Yeah, and then, and and then, but we're over there because of oil. Right. Um, that being said, I. It, it's, we're, and we got to take a break in a second. Um, and I'm going to go to the chat room when we come back, too, and the and the phone lines. Uh, if you'd like to call in, 773-763-9278. We have the delightful Julia on the phones. And I don't. Yes. I think she picked up the phone from Katie, and that's it. Yeah. Right? yeah Hell is in town, people. I know. And I've been at it, though. I mean, I, let's, and I, I don't tend to ask for callers a lot because I have a lot to talk about, right, especially yeah, in these true. moments where I don't have to worry about the connection. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm actually just on the mic and I can yeah. actually speak without going, am I being heard? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello. The worst Hello. part is because you can't hear us saying how we can't hear you anymore nope. because the connection's gone. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, uh. Where was I? <sighs> I'm taking a break. That's where I am. We'll be All back right. right after this. Uh, we got another segment, and then we'll get to the happy ending, which has uh, got a lot of good news in it, actually. A lot of yeah. surprisingly good news. We'll be back. Now back to Hal Sparks on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT AM and FM. What happened to your mic? My mic is fine. Just messing around. I'm fine. Just adjusting it. No, no, no. It was just kind of, I don't know, after the Mighty House people get in here, they get at it with power tools, and then it just kind of falls all over the place. And I walk up to them and go, oh, wait, it didn't work. Right now. Like that, I do that. <laughs> there are four half-used rolls of paper towels floating around in here, a bunch of... Yeah, I don't even know. I, what are they is doing? that from the pork? Yeah, I think so. That was from the pork. Yeah. By the way, this is Charles Manson. I would deny him parole just for this song. <laughs> I don't know. What about the bongo player? Should he serve time? Yeah, aiding and abetting a known felon. You know someone. As long as you've got love in your heart, so saith Charles Manson. There's someone out there who loves this song. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. This is kind of amazing. It's just kind of... How did you... What were you looking for when you found that? His own personal iPod. That's a, it, oh, He's yeah. the one person you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm now scared of Dennis. I got a Ted Bundy track that's <laughs> It's It's actually uh, a podcast on painting. Yeah. You're making a clown. What you really want to do is make the mouth wide. Big wide. Look at that. Big brushes. Let's make some nice trees Was that Ted Bundy? <laughs> no. Huh? Was that Ted Bundy? No, no, he was the guy. Who, I was, that was oh, cool you are like the big happy trees. That yeah, right. Guy? That was yeah. yeah. Was Bob Ross. Yeah, I think. right. Um, so here's the here's the thing, um, I, and and you know we've been discussing the, it, it, sort of the come as no surprise aspect of the Republican Party these days, um, but I you know to me there just doesn't seem to be um, any desire to legislate whatsoever on the federal level. But then you've got Kansas Republican Ken Cuccinelli, um, or sorry, uh, uh, I'm saying uh, Chris Kobach, Kansas. I'm getting all my KK people. Kansas Republican <laughs> what, Chris Kobach. Yes, well Ken Cuccinelli, Chris Kobach, Kansas. I'm just saying there's a lot of K's in there. 
Just throwing that out there. Virginia's a hot mess. Yeah, it but is. But that's for another show. Yeah. Um, they're trying to outlaw oral sex there. Um, hmm. Between relatives? No. Just in general. Right. Um, it's And here's the thing. They're trying to reinstitute crimes against nature laws. Hmm. And what in this, the goal is, and, and Mississippi's been um, arresting gay people under the premise that they are violating these uh, crimes against nature laws. Now, these laws have been thrown out every time they've been challenged. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop the harassment up until that point. Basically, they just kind of are going to do it and, you know, put pressure on people until they do. Um, the... And one of the, I guess, uh, the police commissioners that was down there, whatever was going, it's just unnatural. That kind of sex between, you know, people is unnatural. That's one because it's they're talking about a specific type of insertion that they believe is uh, not a natural act because the body is just not designed that way. I would beg to differ just on the uh, round hole, round peg theory of of insertion. It kind of works. Whether you like it or not is immaterial. But the point of it, nature doesn't seem to care. Otherwise, no. it would have moved the other one farther away <laughs> where accidents don't happen. I'm just throwing that out there as a concept. You know what I mean? There would be no, whoop, hey, watch it. <laughs> you know, nature would have gone, not we don't want that to happen. Yeah. You know, this one's up by your shoulder yeah. just to be safe. <laughs> Um, but this is what they do, you know, this is what their, you know, their plan is, and it's not working. It's, I mean, it's failing terribly. They're getting all this blowback across the, you know, hey. the political, watch it, political spectrum. They're getting, um, you know, they're losing constituents. The only people that are really on with them are these, you know, super right-wingers who insist they're going to primary them if they do any of this stuff. Evangelicals and crazy people. Right. Which I... <sighs> I mean, I had a conversation with somebody last week about how, about like the difference between like kind of religious tolerance and still being able to call out people who are um, intolerant themselves. Because it seems to be this idea that, you know, especially when it comes to equality and gay marriage in particular, that you are violating the religious beliefs of a human being if you make other people have more rights. That if gay people get the right to marry, this is somehow a violation of other people's rights to not like it or to legislate Mm -hmm. against it, which is bizarre to me, especially from a conservative small government, even a libertarian point of view. It's always ironic to me that that when it, you know, like that Ron Paul, that's his one weird offshoot that very specifically seems hypocritical because he's like, I don't believe, I believe in small government, not telling you what to do. I believe in this or whatever, except when it comes to gay people. In that case, they're on their own because I be, I'm against it. It's very, uh, you know, it's it, that's the one area where he's totally not libertarian and therefore I think the whole thing collapses. But um, He must be gay. Could be, could be. It's entirely possible. I mean, if you talk about the statistical averages mm-hmm. of people who, who you know, fight it, that fight, hard. It, fight it really hard because they are. Um... <laughs> That being said, I think I'm getting a lot of oh wows in the uh, chat room from what I just said um, from Obama Mama. She says you can't legislate sex. Sorry, I I think they're trying. I think they oh, yeah. think they'll get a chance to patrol. I'm not on the honey. I'm not on the web looking up porn. I'm patrolling. It's like the old idea, like that we found this pornographic film. I watched every frame of this filth twice, <laughs> and I assure you that it is patently obscene. The reaction by my own body is an indication <laughs> that this is somehow negative. And I, but it's funny to me that 
it, aren't liberals supposed to be the nanny state ones? Aren't mm -hmm. we the yeah. ones who are supposed to be, you know, micromanaging your life and telling you how to live and and trying to make you eat granola? By and, trying to give everybody more rights and yeah. freedom and, yeah. And, but that never seems to cross their mind. And I guess that was the thing I ran up against when I was watching Hannity this whole time. Because mm -hmm. I, I was like, these guys are talking in such a circle uh, it's stunning to me. We had one more clip, I think, yeah, didn't we? Uh, yeah, for the uh, the Michigan Conservative College president. Right. So this, I'm in Michigan this week. I'm at, I'm at Dr. Grin's on the Bob. Uh, don't wear high heels and come, you know, don't drink. It's got five <laughs> flights of stairs in a three-story building. This is a dangerous place. <laughs> I'm just saying, come down and see me because I know the station reaches pretty far over there. Actually, I could hear uh -huh. it when I was driving over. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I should bring my rollerblades. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, what? Um, but this is, um, this is an is University of Michigan, uh, no, like, I forget yeah. the name of the, the, right. So this, this is another example of like, you know, meanwhile, while the Supreme Court is saying basically racism is over and we don't, you know, the Voting Rights Act doesn't need to have teeth. Um, this guy, uh, I, I, it, and I think this was from Raw Story. I think this is where we found mm -hmm. this one actually, um, is arguing against, um, fairness and equality in in admissions in in, in state run colleges. President, yeah, the conservative uh, of Michigan College, uh, 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 Hillsdale College. Yeah, and what was his name? The guy from Hillsdale, Larry Arn. Arn with two Larry, Ns. Larry Arn. In case that N isn't. So here's for Larry Arn with with just a little bit of lead in from a newscaster who does a good job. Sure. To illustrate his point, he discussed a letter he received from the Department of Education. It informed him the college had failed to enroll enough minority students. And they said that uh, we, we violated the uh, standards for diversity because we didn't have enough dark ones, I guess is what they meant. <laughs> dark ones, I guess is what they meant. No, what they said was minority students. What you saw that is as dark, dark ones. ones. Yeah, um, and he is since, uh, um, let's see. Oh, he's walking that back hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in, 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 but the problem is they walk it back in public, but it's not going to change what's actually going mm -hmm. on in there. We are literally, I think, at a point where we are going to have to age ourselves out of these things. Yes. We're going to, I just think we're at a point where we're going to age ourselves out of oil age ourselves out of racism, yep. age ourselves out of homophobia and sexism. And it's just going to take... And we're like, going to see just the very tail end of it right. before we have to go... Yeah, exactly. And, I, yeah, you you and I will just, like, it, like my son, hopefully, will grow up in an era where it's just kind of, like, you have to tell him about it like it was... Yeah, like, he'll look at you it, incredulously. Yeah, like, like, why did you have to mix butter with a big stick in a bucket, you know, like with that kind of incredulity. Right, right. So I, and at least I hope so. Um, that is if Glenn Beck's race war doesn't happen uh, automatically. That, that would be the end. Right. Um, and, and, and I guess the, uh, the big question we'll be left to see is, um, will the end times come now that the postal service is, uh, willing to deliver beer to your door? What? Yeah. They're, they're toying around with the idea of adding alcohol as something you can deliver, which they couldn't, Send to the oh, mail yeah, yeah, on that big sign. Yeah, now you can. Now you you might. Well, they're working on it. There might be a way to boost revenue. I bet. Hmm. Which I, think, I bet it would. Do you think they'll have oh. to? Like, that's a lot of glass. It Maybe is. Put so, beer in boxes. Well, Maybe no, like not wine for Stephanie boxes? Miller. She gets boxes of wine, so it would it would set. I mean, she gets. 
I think her wine comes in bubble wrap as it is. When I met Stephanie Miller, I think she'd had one or two boxes of wine. Oh, she had absolutely. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. She like you know she, she goes knows how to throw down. She, that yeah, the lady. kind of, the the box wine she uses has a has a juice straw on the back of it. This like big and like a big pre sun. Yeah, right. Just. Mm. It's rough. Okay, um, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, happy ending. We're gonna have a nice long uh, happy ending because there's a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. And I'm, uh, it's just, I want to be reassured regularly. When you've got all this backward stuff happening on the right, there's quite a lot of cool stuff happening. There is. Let's make it a good day. Yeah, I think so. Let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny. I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky, you are lucky. Let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy. I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling. Let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy. I will still be there. I'll be right by your side in the morning. I'll make you breakfast in the morning. I hope that you like cereal. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> right. picture of myself. Yes. Yeah, so, um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of actually uh, cool things are happening uh, on the tech front, especially. Um, not the least of it. You know, I mentioned that how. Um, solar panels, you know, by 2050 are going to save the country $50 billion a year. Every year. $50 billion every single year in energy costs by 2050. It'll probably be sooner because it'll probably, you know, everything's happening exponentially fast. And, mm-hmm. and that's just using current technology. Uh, the, that doesn't take any new account, new discoveries that, you know, and that's just with it supplying a third of the energy needs of the that's country. That's my brother-in-law is working on. He's, yep. he's getting his doctorate in that right now. Yeah, and by the time he's done, the technology will already advance because mm-hmm. of things like black silicone and all these other you know new innovations that have come from MIT and the like. Um, it's just really impressive stuff. Uh, uh, you got one, and then I've got because I've got a couple. I do. I got a quickie from uh, from Katie Speak. Oh yeah, who who wanted to remind everybody that courts across the country are striking down the uh, the trap laws, the anti-choice laws. So it actually was a net win week with mm-hmm. the cookies aside. Exactly. Aside from the the laws, the the one laws that got passed, those are going to get repealed anyways, mm-hmm. and the ones that uh, have been up are already getting knocked down over and over. And right in that line, by the way, uh, um, apparently Lindsey Graham is going to have to deal with a Tea Party primary challenge. So that's kind of hilarious and fun. He's not Tea Party enough. Um, I can't. Yeah. Well, no. He's he's now viewed as establishment because of McCain, uh, because of his buddy buddy uh, relationship. Oh yeah, establishment. And then mine, I I just ran across this earlier today was the. Um, the conservative blogger Caleb Howe, uh-huh. he had uh, liver failure, oh. and um, he he was a recent or a constant contributor to the Red State website, uh-huh. and um, he didn't have insurance. And so uh, they put up a link on the Red State site saying, you know, consider donating to help with his medical bills. Right. Daily Coast picked it up, right. and uh, then all of a sudden he's got bipartisan support right to uh help pay his bills because it was just the right thing to do right that's nice and they all chipped in yeah look at that 
See, we, it, you know, when it comes, when it gets to be important, we help each other. Yeah, exactly. You can, you Period. can get along, and that's it. You know, an easy part. So the the solar panel thing is good news. It's great. It's also, you know, how we were worried about uh, they're gonna we're gonna lose um, bees. You know, bees were yeah, dying yeah. off, and we're gonna lose uh, all the bees. Tell me. Yeah, it turns out that solar panels could actually help save bees' lives. Um, uh, uh, apparently, um, that technology can be wonderful and if you implement it in a sensible manner, and, and that same technology can be terrible if you mess with it. Solar Century seems to get that, and it intends to turn its solar farms into wildlife sanctuaries in which bumblebees, butterflies, and other insects can thrive. This is especially important due to the dwindling bee population. It's already started converting solar farms into wildlife sanctuaries. However, it recently decided to accommodate bees and butterflies. Um, basically, the heat from them uh, creates kind of like a uh, greenhousing effect, oh, okay. um, kind of 24 7 365 so they can it'll because that trapped heat and energy so it basically you know you can grow plants underneath it but you can also just let the bees live so they can stay there they don't have to migrate they don't have to go through an area where they might die off um Uh it's just kind of like base for the bees which is really cool i personally think that's just me i like it um and let's go back to elon musk um i you know i keep bringing up elon musk he's the guy who create you know from tesla Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just saw a headline with him. Yes, he's, uh, yeah, they're, uh, apparently, um, they, they've they reached some sort of big um, battery extension mm-hmm. thing. Now, yeah, for electric cars. Yeah, exactly. Keep in mind that there was a guy recently who um, uh, was part of that team who took an old uh, EV, the EV1, mm-hmm. the, the, G, the GM car, and put it in a, uh, a Honda hybrid chassis Mm -hmm. which is heavier than the original one and can get 400 mile range from it which means that they had 400 mile range to begin with gimme 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 yeah exactly so they're now looking at um, because the power of that uh, Elon Musk is saying that it will not be long before they're able to do trucks Um, yeah that's the next big thing they've got the Model S they've got you know of course the original Tesla Um, it it says it may be some time before a Tesla truck becomes a reality um uh, because it got three major product launches: the Model X, the BMW three, three Series Fighter, and a Roadster sequel, planned for the next few years. But it's um, it's possible using the current technology. So the braking stuff that's going to come out is even better. The point is, is that we're gonna we could be off oil much sooner. It, it really wasn't like this technology was a mystery. It wasn't like this stuff. We would have been at this in the nineties mm-hmm. if if it had been a priority. That's it. Arguably the 80s. I mean, if you look at the EV1 technology, I mean, that's that's technology that, you know, was sitting around since the late 80s. And what was the World's Fair with the first electric car? Right. Well, no, no, no. The first person ever killed by a car in the United States, a guy named Henry Bliss, was run over by an electric car. And I think it was 1896, 1892. He was helping a woman off a trolley car in New York City. Um, and, uh, which is by the way, where the uh, Dodgers get their name, the New York Dodgers became the LA Dodgers, but they were originally the New York trolley Dodgers because they were named after the stickball players. That I didn't know. Yeah. So the trolley Dodgers. Yeah. The trolley, they were the trolley Dodgers because they would play in the street and that's where they developed their skills to be baseball players. not easy for me to say either. Trolley Trolley Dodgers. Dodgers. (laughs) Right. So anyways, the, 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 uh, that technology has been along uh, around so long. Actually, electric cars were so functional they were actually the first commercial cars they were taxis he was hit by a taxi he was not hit by a you know personal cars may have been driven by kerosene petroleum and the like but But a horse was driving 
No, right? No. The, oh. Yeah, right in the back. It yeah. was backseat driving. <laughs> running it off. Just like, just so angry because his job had been taken by the electric car. Exactly. He, yeah, he, he turned left here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is that your horse impression? Turn left here. Right. <laughs> it's the evil horse sitting in the backseat. <laughs> Go left. See that lady hit her. Run her over. <laughs> you speak excellent English, Mr. Horse. Right. Well, I've been around people most of my life. <laughs> I, uh... This is my idea of a happy ending, by the way. Yeah, is it? I was just chit-chatting about ending silly stuff. Ending the show stuff. with goofiness. Well, at least we had enough time this time, because usually yeah, we're crammed in. Big rush. And that kind of stuff, and so we can actually, you know, discuss these things. And again... One of the things I think is a happy ending is that the president's been going around the country pushing this, uh, you know, a middle-class jobs plan, an overall jobs plan for the country, some legitimate solutions on a legislative level. And it's it's curious to me that there was somebody, they were running an ad during the Hannity show, Mm. running this ad for another show that's on the network. And they're like, the president is out this week talking about his... Uh, for, you know, his jobs plan as if Washington is the solution for everything. And I just want to go, idiot, you... He's in government. <laughs> That's his <laughs> point of his job. Right. <laughs> That's like saying you're on a privately owned, uh, you know, radio station, and you're just saying, oh, I guess private business is all the solution <laughs> for everything. That's just ridiculous. If you're in government, you should be using government right. to make everyone's life better. That's the role. That's the goal. Apparently, this pilot thinks that airplanes are the answer for everything. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. So, and, and it's stunning to me. But in this, um, you know, it's a it's a it's essentially a six-part plan. But um, but you can check it out on whitehouse.gov. And, and, the, and let's get to the, Here's the kind of final happy ending thing okay. or whatever. Bradley Manning. Bradley Manning. Um, and by the way, I am not a fan of the abject leaks that came from what Bradley Manning did. The you know the showing of the video was very important. Yeah, um, that's a rough video, man. It is, um, and it was important that he got it out. The quote unquote accidental leak of seven hundred thousand documents by WikiLeaks mm. um, was a mistake on their part. I think it was wrong. I think it's why we use sort of journalistic avenues in our country to get this information out. Mm-hmm. And and in lieu of that, at least the comp- you know the 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 journalist out uh, outposts that you would use, kind of like WikiLeaks or even if you went to the Guardian, should at least redact for safety's sake the you know people working in the field mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And in the case of WikiLeaks, they didn't. They just uh, accidentally, quote unquote, dumped seven hundred thousand dollars worth, uh, seven hundred thousand documents onto the web, and they're still all out there. They're still all anybody who wants to can search through them. And 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 but um, the the case that Bradley Manning was directly responsible if and when um, anybody got killed because of that was uh, was not mm-hmm. used during his sentencing. Um, and is not going to be used during his sentencing. The uh, and and ultimately was not found of a, a, you know guilty of aiding and abetting the right. enemy, which I think is a good thing. Um, a that's a rare thing to be handed down. Anyways, yeah. there's not a lot of people who will you know you know I think it's been once since the Espionage Act was actually written really? that it's been used. <laughs> yeah, that poor bastard. Whoever that was. <laughs> it was a horse. Yeah, right. It was a horse. Yeah, was it? Uh, Very evil yeah, horse. Yeah, you know they used to try horses. For crimes in the Bible, you could actually have, they'd have trials for animals that were wily and acted up. Are you messing with me? Nope, um, not at all. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I will cop to when I'm messing with you. Thank I'm you. not messing with you at all. That being said, uh, in this particular instance, I think that justice was served in regards to he pled guilty for the things that he was guilty of, mm-hmm. 
and the judge said no to the other stuff. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Thank you, Julia, being on the phones, even though you got to sit back and take it easy yep. this week because we were just chatting. Uh, Dennis, thanks for putting everything together uh, for the podcast. Johnny, you're always awesome. Thank and, you. And uh, thank you, Chicago, and enjoy uh, chilling out with weed now that you can <laughs> legally-ish oh, yeah. if you have the right... I've got night blindness. Right. That's what it is. Night blindness. I need to help me drive. Right. (laughs) We'll see you next week.